0: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. I am Eric Scott, and this is the Artistic Accomplices Podcast, where it's all about creative encouragement, just like your gym buddy encourages you to hit the gym, I'm here to encourage you to hit the easel, hit the studio, hit the guitar, whatever it is that you feel you do for your creativity, that's why I'm here. So, Today is episode number 45, wow, 45. So, in this podcast, one of, my, one of my goals is to kind of go through some of the myths and some of the misconceptions around creativity. And I think it's often part of the way uh, creative people talk about the creative process, And I've said this before on the podcast, but um, when you talk to artists, when you talk to writers, when you talk to creative uh, individuals, oftentimes they, they speak about creativity and how they create and how they come up with ideas, almost in a magical, almost like mystical kind of way. So they talk about, you know, creativity being magic. They talk about it like... You know, God is speaking to them, or it's a gift from God, or that they're just a vehicle for the muses, and I think it in part because it's just more poetic that way. Uh, but I also think it might be very difficult for for artists and writers and musicians, uh, for other creative creatives to really pin down exactly where ideas come come from and and how they come into being because the the creative process can feel a lot like magic and that process can be quite difficult to articulate and so it can feel like ideas are just coming from the ether coming from nowhere or or that it's like divine inspiration and sometimes I think it feels like a process full of not knowing. Um, and I think creatives are very comfortable with that, that notion of not knowing exactly how something might turn out. Um, and and they, they may seem confident in their ability to work in the face of that. I mean, even if things don't go well... They learn something from that process. Um, They find something that will help them in the future. Uh, A seed might be planted for an idea that's going to come to fruition later. But the more I think about it, maybe it's not about the unknown. Maybe it's about knowing in a different way. Knowing in a way that we... We often aren't clued into. We often aren't taught about. It's something that we all know about. It's something that we we all feel. We all know this, but it's something that maybe isn't um, really valued in our culture. Um. <clears throat> so I think I think that there's this misconception that creative folks like envision the painting or envision the book or envision the poem and simply sit down and, and bring it forth, bring it to fruition. And it seems like a very straightforward process. You know, you know what you want to make and then, then you make it, but I think it's much more complicated than that because of this sort of unknown or this knowing in a different way that's what makes it very complicated. And so I think we try to boil it down to like this very simple process. You know, artists get an idea and then they just kind of create that idea. <clears throat> and I think artists and creatives often have sort of perpetuated that, that misconception, that, that myth. So over the past few months, I've been coming back again and again to a notion So whether it's been in in my own personal art making or in my teaching, I've been coming back to the idea, to the notion, to the concept of intuition and how we as artists and musicians and writers, how we come back to our intuition again and again. And that I think is the the kind of the magic that's where the magic is that's where the mystical aspects maybe come from because we we don't fully understand our own intuition and we often don't know how to listen to it or how to tap into it and it can be a very difficult thing but i think that a lot of creatives a lot of artists and musicians and makers, they really learn to at least allow their intuition to have a key role in the the creative process. But sometimes they're not even aware of of how much the intuition is part of it, because it just becomes almost second nature. And it's not something that's very, very logical. So, When we kind of trust our our intuition, it can seem like we're really comfortable with that idea of not knowing, but really it's, it's knowing, it's knowing in a very different way. It's, it's not knowing in a very logical, conscious level sort of way. And because of that, because it's not kind of reasonable, it's not logical, it's kind of hard to grasp. But I think a lot of artists and a lot of creative folks have learned to listen to that intuitive voice. They've learned how to set aside this very kind of logical mode of thinking. And they rely a lot on that gut feeling. They rely a lot on on instinct because it's something that they have learned to do just through, through sheer repetition, through years of making, through years of, of creating. And so I think a lot of art, a lot of things that get created come about through this, in this very intuitive way. And we have to like, just start creating in order to kind of figure it out. So even if we have, this idea or thought or vision in mind before we begin. As we are working, as we're creating, as we're bringing this thing into being, it's going to change. We're going to run into issues. We're going to run into problems. And it's not going to be the way we originally thought. It's not going to be that original vision. And that reminds me of a Picasso quote that I, that I recently found Um, And this is very similar to the Chuck Close quote I I use a lot. Um, So Chuck Close said, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up and get to work. Well, Picasso said, to know what you're going to draw, you have to begin drawing. So in order to really know what you're going to draw, you have to start. And oftentimes, creatives will start writing the song or will start writing the book or will start creating the art and they don't know exactly what they're going to make it it develops very much on its own at least that's the way it seems and i think that that um that's the like that magic part because it's it's all about this intuitive voice this intuitive choice and it can seem like magic um, you know, we have a million choices to make as we sit down and and create. And if we weigh each option logically and thoughtfully, we're never going to make any kind of progress. There's just so many decisions. And we make a lot of those through our intuition. And I think as we gain experience, we, we gain confidence in that intuitive sense. So what is intuition? I mean, you all, I mean, I think we know what it is. It's that gut feeling. Um, So intuition isn't really about not knowing. It's about a different kind of knowing. It's a knowledge that comes from understanding something pretty immediately without the need for conscious reasoning, you know, so we can't, we don't have to sit there and consciously reason out to make a decision. So it is that gut feeling. It, it's that instinct. I've been talking a lot about flow uh, w- in regards to creativity here recently on the podcast. And so I think when we get in that state of flow with our creativity that a lot of those decisions we make are very intuitive. So it's not about the artist or the writer or the musician not knowing, it's, it's about knowing in a very different way, in a very immediate way, and being able to make quick decisions and really trusting trusting that that quick decision. What, what's the first thing that pops in our head? So w- when we trust our gut as we make and create, we're, we are listening to that that intuitive voice and i think that can be very hard for creatives as they begin so as you begin on this journey how do you learn to trust that you know um so we we all know those moments of, of intuition when we, when we really know something or feel something i think it, it's a, a we describe it as like a feeling. So you, you may have met somebody at one point where like later on you, you kind of sit down and maybe you're talking to somebody about this person you met and you know, you're, you're saying like, yeah, they were, they were a nice per nice person. Um, you know, they, they seemed okay, but there was just something about them, something that just kind of creeped me out. And then you find out later like that, that person yeah, was like a creep, was something that like you, you were trusting your gut. You were feeling something about that person. Your intuition was kind of speaking. So I think we all have had that feeling. Um, But we, we don't often make huge decisions based solely on instinct and intuition. I mean, we can get We can get into a lot of trouble if we do that. I mean, I always think about like that idea of impulse control. And I think, at least here in the West, that a lot of people aren't very keen on intuition. It gets into that realm of being touchy and feely and, and, you know, oh, we don't want to do that. So I think in some cultures, they're much more comfortable with relying on intuition Whereas I think sometimes we rely more on rational decision-making, on logic and reason. Uh, At least that's kind of what gets espoused a lot. Um, So it can really be difficult to learn how to even hear that intuitive voice, to really learn how to, to make intuitive decisions because it's not something that is really taught. So if we, if, you know, so how do we tap into our intuition, especially if we're beginning um, or, you know, we've never really learned how to do that. So, I mean, for many of us, we grew up in a system that really, you know, they taught us to read, taught us to write, to solve math problems in a very logical, reasonable way. Um, but they, they never really taught us to, to use our intuition, it wasn't in the curriculum when I was in school. I wasn't taught how to come up with original ideas. I mean, I was taught how to how to write certain poems, but not how to really develop ideas or where where those ideas come from. It was something that I had done on my own. It was something that I learned through through making and especially when I began teaching others about where their creative ideas, where their original ideas come from, and how we can, can develop that. How do we develop ideas? Now, I did encounter something that gave me a bit of a peek, and this is something that I've, I've talked about before. So if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about the, the technique of stream of consciousness writing. So it's also known as uh, free writing. Um, so if you've taken a class or if you listen to this podcast, uh, you might be familiar with it. So stream of consciousness writing is a creative writing technique and the idea is that you write without stopping. And so you just let this stream of thoughts flow from your head to your hand and you write without stopping. You might set a timer or you might set sort of a page limit and um, and you write and you allow the words just to flow and you don't stop. You don't worry about spelling or grammar or punctuation. Um, and so when you do this, your words kind of t- can take you in a, in a direction that you didn't expect. And oftentimes things are revealed that you couldn't have predicted. And so it is, it's this understanding that doesn't come from reason and logic. It, it was just this flow of words, but sometimes it's very poetic, sometimes it's very deep, sometimes there's a word or a phrase or an idea that comes up. And so you get a a, a taste of the intuitive voice when you do that. When you when you do that stream of consciousness, you do that free writing, and that's why i think it's such a big creative writing tool so are there other strategies other ways for us to tap into our intuition as we create because i think there's a lot of there's there's a lot of possibility in learning to listen to that intuitive voice because it can reveal things and it can open up ideas that we could not logically and reasonably come to, come up with. So I did a quick internet search as I was kind of preparing for the podcast today. And I, I looked up, you know, how, how do you tap into your intuition or how do you use intuition in your art? And Unfortunately, there's I found list and list and list and all these websites and all these articles online, but it didn't seem like anything concrete. I mean, yeah, there were lots of lists like the seven ways to use your intuition, or you know, five ways to make the most of your gut, you know, kind of those kind of things. And then it's like I would sit and look through the list and they it seemed like they were just very vague. Uh, the ideas weren't very act- actionable. And so, like, I really, I'm really thinking about strategic ways that we can open ourselves up to that intuitive voice. Strategic techniques for tapping into our intuition. You know, and so unfortunately, like, these, these lists would be, like, trust your gut or stay open-minded, or meditate, and it's like, you know, that, that's helpful advice, but how do you trust your gut, <laughs> you know, how do you stay open-minded, so when you're working on art, or you're writing a song, or you're baking uh, bread, how do you, how do you stay open-minded, how do you trust your gut, how do you do those things that some of these lists mention, Yes, you know, so there wasn't much there to kind of sink my teeth in. There wasn't anything there that I could be like, okay, that's, that's, that's a key to getting in touch with that intuitive voice, getting in touch with that intuitive side of ourselves, and opening ourselves up to, to that. So I, So I've been thinking about my art, and I've been thinking about some of the ideas that I've been teaching here lately. And I've been, like I said, I've been kind of coming back to this notion of intuition for a while in my own art. And then also as I've been teaching and realizing what a key role intuition can can play. And so as a teacher, it's like I want some some strategies. I want some things that you can do right now to help open that door, to to find that intuitive voice to to at least, or maybe not to completely find it, but at least to kind of start the search for it or kind of get comfortable with it, get confident with it because I think logic and reason can only take us so far when we're creating. I mean, when we're really trying to express meaning and, and emotion and, a deep message with what we create we have to we have to tap into that intuition we have to tap into the touchy feely kind of part and we can't just rely on logic and reason however we can approach things strategically and i know that i've developed for myself and for for some uh, for some uh, for my students some strategies, some techniques, some ideas that help us to open up to our intuitive mindset. <clears throat> so the first one that I found that works really well is to work quickly. So when we force ourselves to work quickly, we force ourselves to make quick decisions. And that's, that's one of the key to be able to make decisions. So we're not lingering on a decision and weighing the pros and the cons, because we just don't have time. So if you set yourself a a time limit, you know, I'm going to do this for five minutes. And I'm going to start 10 pieces in five minutes, you have to get something down fast. And you have to, you have to make those quick decisions. Oftentimes I, I, oftentimes, I think people believe that it's about not thinking. It's about not making decisions. It's about kind of being completely like unconscious and just doing it. But I think intuition is really about making a decision, but making it quick and not lingering on it, not trying to, to figure out the best way. It's just about, oh... I'm going to do red. Okay, let me grab that. So it's about like maybe asking yourself a question like, oh, what shape should I use? Oh, I'm going to use a circle. And then just going with it. Um, You know, so I think if we can, can work quickly and make our choices quickly, we really, really get in touch with our instincts and and we really try to go with that first instinct. What's what's the first thing that's popping into your head? Let's go with that. Because if we can make a decision, a split split-second decision the moment we ask a question, that's our intuition. Sometimes I, you may have heard about people like when they're trying to make a decision and they just can't choose and the advice is okay ask yourself the question and then just immediately answer without thinking and whichever way and that's usually your intuition kind of speaking up that's that's the that's the direction that's the choice that you really want to make and then that's what you make so you're not sitting there hemming and hauling, going back and forth trying to figure out how to do something, or what decision to make, or looking at all those pros, all those cons, or looking at every angle. Because you can really just get stuck. You can stall. You can can just stop. And and you won't be making, because you're just sitting there deciding. So if you work quickly, you force yourself to make quick decisions. Because you can't sit there and deliberate it's just that simple another another tip that i have for trying to get into or get in touch with that intuitive side is to work small so whether you're making art or creating music or or writing text um, you can work small so instead of trying to write a novel you write a poem or a paragraph Instead of trying to write an entire symphony, you sit down and you write a single riff. If I'm making art, I'll sit down and work small, work on a small piece of paper. So I think working small does a couple of things. So first of all, working small allows us to work quickly. It goes hand in hand with the first one, with that that notion of working quickly. And so it working small allows me to work quick. And then it also allows me to not get caught up in sort of the, the preciousness of the piece of art or the piece of music, because it's not something grand, it's something small, something quick. And so I don't get overwhelmed with the scale or the scope of what I'm creating. So again, working small allows me to work quickly and it also helps me not feel overwhelmed because it's just, it's small. It's, it's more like practice or play. And the ideas that come up in the, in the small pieces can then lead to something in, in bigger work. And so I look at the, the small pieces, not as an end in and of themselves, I'm not looking to make a masterpiece or, or to, to write an amazing song. It's working small, just allows me to play, to, to allow the ideas just to roll, to roll off of my, you know, or to roll off the top of my head. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. Um, and I don't get so caught up in trying to make something grand, and so it takes a lot of pressure off of me. So that's, that's the second, work small. The third kind of tip, <clears throat> sorry, the third kind of tip that I would say is uh, get out of your comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone. We all like certain notes or rhythms if we're into music or we like certain shapes and colors if we're artists certain ingredients and, and textures if we're into baking or cooking. But if we always use what we're comfortable with, it's really hard to to get into that intuitive mindset because we just sort of fall into the old patterns. Uh, we don't explore new ideas as much because it's like, oh, I'm comfortable with this. You know, We just kind of go through the motions because that's what we always do. So when we're in our comfort zone, it's very hard to push ourselves. And when we're, when we're trying to push ourselves to listening to that intuitive voice, we have to get out of that comfort zone. You know, so when we're working with materials or colors or subjects that are outside of our comfort zone, we're really making new connections. We're opening up new directions with, with what we're making and creating it forces us, forces us to, to make those connections to, and oftentimes those connections really are on an, are on an intuitive level because we're not quite sure what's going to happen. So we just say, okay, let me, let me use this green. I don't use that very often. Let me use that and see what happens. And, and when we, when we accept that, we can really go in that new direction. We can really push ourselves. And it's it's a conscious decision. And maybe there's a reason behind it. So maybe it's not completely intuitive, but it can lead us in an intuitive way. It can lead us into new ideas. Um, so I think if we connect... This idea of getting out of our comfort zone with some of the other ideas, and especially this last one. So the last tip I have is about suspending judgment. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. It was an entire episode. The idea of judgment, like we have to be open to non-judgment no matter what. Uh, I think it's a key to our creativity, but especially with the intuitive voice. We have to like, just stop judging what we're doing and get into the making, get into the flow. If we're cr- always criticizing ourselves and judging what we're doing and comparing what we do with others, it's very difficult to get into the flow of ideas. And so if we do something and go, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, I'm such a bad artist. Oh, I'm such a terrible musician. We're, not, we're just going to stop. And we can never really get into that flow. And I think we have to be willing to make bad stuff. We have to just be willing to open ourselves up and try some things. And that's where that suspending judgment comes in. Uh, I've often heard writers say that you can't write and edit at the same time. And I think the same could be said for other creative endeavors. So if I'm if you're painting a canvas, you kind of paint for a while, then you step back, then you evaluate, then you judge, then you edit. If you're continually, continually editing as you create, it's like you're always trying to make changes. You're trying to like perfect one small area. You're you're, you're not going to get very far because you're always trying to, to change it to make it better to make it perfect but you might not even have the rest of the canvas painted in so you can't really judge it because it you don't have enough there so whether you're writing a book or a poem or writing a song or creating something it's very hard to judge what you're doing as you're making it and so if we can suspend our judgment and really immerse ourselves in that making I we can really allow things to happen and it's easier to make those intuitive choices to make those intuitive decisions later on we can step back and look with a, a more critical eye we can judge and evaluate and decide what's working and what's not working but we have to make and create and get into that flow and, and work and work and then, okay, reach a point where, okay, I'm now I'm going to step back and look at it. So those four kind of strategies, I think, can really help us get into a more intuitive way of working. Because if we're working very quickly and we're working very small, if we're working outside of our comfort zone and we're doing all of this, without judgment, we're really giving ourselves permission, permission to play, to experiment, to try new things, to explore new territory. And we can get into a flow that can take us into new directions, because we're making those quick decisions. Um, we're, we're, we're just kind of following the flow of our work. And that's why I, I really feel like when we're making and creating, we can really get into that stream of consciousness. It's, it's not just writing, you know. There, there's not just a stream of consciousness with writing. I think with anything that we're creating, there's a stream of consciousness, and we call that flow. We get into that flow, and we're suspending judgment. We're working quickly. We're making those quick judgments, and oftentimes we're we are kind of working small. We're working basically with. One word, one idea, one thing at a time, one decision at a time. We're not trying to conceive of this big grand thing. We're just, okay, let me make a decision. Okay, where does that go? All right, now I'm here. What's my next decision? And just like a stream of consciousness writing can take us into areas that we could never fathom reasonably and logically, if we're open to this intuitive way of working with our creativity, we can be taken into those new directions as well. So I want to kind of give you an example of this kind of from my own life. So um, recently I I did kind of all these things. Well, I guess it wasn't so recently. Uh, Back in September, I set an art making challenge for myself. I'd really gotten away from my making my creating and I wanted to really dedicate myself to making and I know a lot of creatives a lot of uh, artists they do these 30-day art making challenges or 100-day challenges I really wanted to wanted to do a hundred-day challenge but I know that for myself that's a big number and I thought well if I could chunk it down and so I started the beginning of September I'm like okay let me just get through September And if I can get through September, maybe I can get through October and then November. And then before I know it, I'll have 100 days. But if I just kind of do 30 or 31 days at a time, that's a little bit easier to manage. So that's what I did. So in September, I made a very specific art challenge for myself. Um, So I sat down every day in September and I worked for no more than an hour. And I worked on a tiny piece. So I, I cut four by four inch pieces of mixed media paper. And I sat down for no more than an hour and made art and to kind of help keep myself accountable. I live streamed during the weekdays. And so at four o'clock every, I think it was four o'clock every day, every weekday, I went on and live streamed and created this thing live in front of people, uh, on Facebook. And that was just to kind of help keep me going. But also because I was talking and sharing what I was doing with people that were watching, it made me make these quick decisions. So I was working small. uh, I was working pretty quickly. I mean, an hour to make a little piece of artwork. um, And usually it was less than an hour because when I did the live streams, it was, you know, I would introduce stuff, I would talk things, I would wrap things up. So often it was like 45 to 50 minutes working on this small piece of paper And I used mixed media, Um, so I was using watercolor and watercolor pencil, collage, ink, you know, other things as well, Uh, images, just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I sat down and did a different piece each day. So by the end of September, I had 30 small pieces of art, you know, these little four by four inch pieces Um, you know, they weren't all masterpieces. I wasn't happy with all of them, but there were a few that I really felt like were strong pieces, but I had this kind of body of work and I, I had worked in a very intuitive way because when, when you only have an hour and I mean, I could spend hours and hours and hours working on something and being very meticulous and very kind of perfectionist. Um, and so I just really forced myself to work. Quickly to work small, Um, I you know I really kind of suspended judgment because I did I was just like okay I'm just going to do this I'm just going to make something and see what happens I gave myself that that permission. So when I sat down and looked at all thirty of these pieces, I you know I had this this nice little body of work, and I really started to notice something. I really started to see ideas emerge. And so there were certain shapes and certain colors and certain images that, that I came back to again and again, maybe it was part of that comfort zone, but, um, a lot of it was kind of like new territory or at least like pushing myself to work quickly, helped me uncover some things that maybe I'd already been doing and that, that, okay, now it's coming out in a, a more in, intuitive way. So what does it mean? And so I think that's what, you know, you have to sit back and say, okay, you know, I was kind of trusting my gut, but because you're making these quick decisions, you often don't know what, what it means. So you have to sit back and sort of figure it out. So I think you have to have that hindsight. You have to kind of look over what you're doing and at some point kind of try to make sense of it. I think that's part of that uh, evaluation and judgment process. So you're making, 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 you're in the flow, you're, you're making intuitive choices, and then at some point you step back and go, okay, I have to make more conscious choices now. So it's not just about always making intuitive choices, it's about, okay, I'm making intuitive choices, now let me stop, evaluate, assess what I'm doing, and how can I move forward? How can I take ideas that are coming up and be more logical, be more reasonable. So I really think it is this balance between those. It's not one or the other. It's really both and, and learning to sort of ebb and flow between those. So if we kind of think about the uh, intuitive on one side of the spectrum and the more conscious, reasonable, logical side on the spectrum, and we're always sort of going back and forth. So at one point I'm going to be over here working more intuitively, working quickly I'm not judging or evaluating things or assessing things I'm not making edits I'm just let me work 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 I'm in the flow I'm in the flow okay I've reached a point where maybe I need to stop I'm going to step back and now I'm going to take a closer look I'm going to evaluate I'm going to judge I'm going to assess not judging like oh that's a piece of garbage oh I can't believe that but judge in a way, um, I, I like that word evaluate or assess better than judging. Um, but I'm, I'm critiquing my work. I'm looking at ways to make it better. Or I'm looking for ideas, concepts, things that I can take from that piece and, and use it in something else. So I think that it's, it's really that kind of back and forth, back and forth. So yeah, I mean, we're making those decisions, we're using our intuition, but then we have to kind of sit down and figure out what those decisions really mean. We have to evaluate the work, we have to see what ideas, what, what things are emerging from that work. And I think that's where the, the the ideas kind of start to get born. And I think that's the magic. Because If we're working, I think we just, a lot of creative people do this naturally or they've learned to do it over the years and they don't sit there and like really consciously think about this. And so it can feel like magic. It can feel like, oh, this just came out of nowhere. And it's like, no, you were making these conscious decisions. And then, you know, you, you had to sit back and say, okay, what, what came from this and sometimes you do make something and you're just like, wow, you know, that doesn't need editing. That doesn't need much, you know, maybe a little polish, maybe a little change here and there. But, you know, you come up with something and, and that's just from experience. That's from that, that making. And the more you make, the more confident you get in relying on that intuition. And like I said, if you never really sat down and thought about it or analyzed it, or learned about this, you could really feel like it's just the muse is speaking to you, or inspiration is raining down on you, and it's it's that it's that intuition, it's that knowing in a different way, knowing in that sort of immediate way that doesn't rely on reason or logic. It can feel like magic. So. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we do that and then we sit down and then we, we kind of discover or uncover some, some ideas and that drives us forward. That leads us into other work. Um, and so for me, I've often said that art and creativity is a way of discovering things. And so it's all about discovery. And I think that's what this is, is that I'm relying on my intuition. And then I'm stopping and looking and, okay, what have I discovered? What have I uncovered? And, yeah, that really can feel like magic. So I hope you got a thing or two out of this talk on intuition. I hope, you know, you kind of keep those strategies in mind about Working quickly, working small, getting out of your comfort zone, suspending judgment, and really just kind of giving yourself permission to play and to to do things and experiment and try new things and not get so caught up in trying to make a masterpiece or make a great piece of art or a great song or a great poem. It's just, let me play, let me make these quick decisions. And see where it goes. Let me get into that stream of consciousness. Let me get into that flow. And see where I can go with it. So I, I, I hope you can take some of this advice. And I hope it leads to some new ideas. Uh, maybe some deeper directions in your work. And I really appreciate you being here. Um, as always, you know, check me out on, on social media, on the internet. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, check me out on my website and all that kind of stuff um, so thank you so much for listening thank you for being here and as always happy creating all right I hope you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening This has been Artistic Accomplices, and I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you so much, and until next time.